listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. So my question for you today is, is stress contagious? You know, you'll see a lot on social media and in other forms of media about stress being contagious, being this big contagion. You can see things about empathic stress. So it can kind of go through a group of people like dominoes, if you like. And the stress that's induced there, how how does it get there? How do you get people who are initially calm flipped over to the stressful side. Well, there's a couple of things that may be going on for competition to help somebody. So I wouldn't be competing. I'd be there to kind of lend a hand, be a bit of a groom, that kind of thing. And I would get nervous. So I'm doing no competing whatsoever, but I'm feeling it. Now, mainly the people that I went along with to help weren't actually that nervous. So it seemed like I was being triggered in some way, even if we were going to a brand new venue that I'd never been to. So it wasn't a visual cue as such, but I would start to almost feel for them. So they'd be excited and happy and ready to compete. And I'm sitting there trying desperately to hide my own kind of nerves. But again, it's not a nerves for me. It's a nerves for them. So a a little bit strange. And I've also encountered when I've been, you know, helping people when I very, very first qualified in NLP, when I just done my practitioner and I went to help various people do their competition. So I would be there on the competition ground and I would feel the same. I'd feel for them. I'd, I'd want them so much to do well that it became a bit of a, I would say, low-level stress or low-level anxiety. I wasn't really in full flight or anything like that, but I could feel it. And it was something that as I learned more and more about the mind, I really pulled back on that. And I realized that there's quite a lot of communication between people that is completely unsaid and is not necessarily a mind thing, not necessarily an energetic thing, but it could also be something to do with our endocrine system or our hormone system. So this is right up my street because as an ex-biochemist, I love things like that. Endocrine and hormones were my absolute favorite thing to look at. So it could be a bit of a mixture. It could be that you're signaling something to other people and they're picking up on it. And by signaling, I almost mean like a radio wave kind of, I'm not talking literally, but you know, that kind of signaling. So some kind of change in frequency or change in the energetics of you is emanating and being picked up. And it's almost telepathy, that kind of thing that we discount and we don't really think happens between humans. And if it ever did, it was used a long, long time ago by mystics and so on. But there is that style of communication that even in NLP, we accept that that does go on and that it's governed by the unconscious mind. And also, as I say, the second thing is to think about the hormones. 
So what happens when somebody is stressed? Well, I want to just take a step back for a few moments and tell you an analogy, but it's an analogy that you'll know very, very well. So, but it, it serves to make a point, I think, that's really important when we're thinking about this t- contagion. So when you think about females that live in close proximity, so they might share a flat or share a house, or you think about females that work together, again, quite closely, maybe they sit at at the same desk or they're just opposite, but again, proximity is the key here, then you'll know that they start to synchronize their menstrual cycles and you'll know that they do this automatically. They don't have to think about it or do anything. It just happens over a few months. There will be a lead person, a lead female, usually the alpha female who sets this going and everyone else sort of fits into line. And this happens because the hormones that the female is producing, the alpha female, during her menstrual cycle can escape through the skin and can become vaporized and other females pick up that hormone and that changes their own menstrual cycle. So you've got to be in quite close proximity. This is not something that occurs over three fields or something like that. You you have to be in close proximity for quite a time. But this is what happens. And this is what hunter-gatherer women used to find, you know, because they needed to be in a synchronous cycle because all the men would go off and they do their hunting and they might be away for weeks and weeks. And hunter-gatherer humans really were interested in two things, survival and reproduction, so that the tribe and the, the generations to follow would continue. So the men would come back from their hunting and all the females would be ready for them, so to speak. So there was a reason for this. There's not really so much of a reason for this anymore. But just like you get that synchrony in the hormones, in the hormone cycles and so on, there's some evidence to suggest this happens with stress hormone too. So the stress hormone, and there's various ones that run around the body, but I'm thinking mainly of cortisol. And cortisol is another steroid hormone, just like the hormones that govern menstrual cycles, and it too can drift through the skin and become volatile, can vaporize, and be picked up by people, again, in close proximity to us. So it's not going to happen if somebody's in the next room And it's not going to happen if you're with somebody for a fleeting moment. But it's been shown that this can induce stress in somebody who wasn't previously stressed. And I think you probably know this as well. You may know from your own experience that you might have been with somebody who was stressed. And it could be in a riding situation. It could be in a work or home situation. And you weren't stressed to start off with. And thanks to this wonderful tribal way of doing things, then you've picked up somebody else's stress hormone and that has induced the feelings and the physiological changes of stress in you and you start to feel it. 
So this was obviously very, very useful for the hunter-gatherers because let's say somebody spotted danger, let's say they spotted a predator, a tiger or a bear or something is about, about to pounce, then it was a really good way for that very, very non-verbal communication between one person and all of the, these fluctuations in hormones being picked up by other people and the group being able to respond appropriately. So now we still have all of that mechanism in our bodies and in our brains and in our endocrine systems. We're still basically hunter-gatherers. We're no more sophisticated, no less sophisticated than they are. We still have all of that thinking and that bodily function. So you may have picked up on somebody's stress, and this is the reason why you've picked up on it. You may think, well, actually, that person wasn't so stressed. And, and I was the one who walked in and suddenly felt it, and I didn't know why. So there's a couple of reasons for this. Maybe the person that was under pressure, let's say, and you decided they weren't stressed. Maybe they're just really, really good at masking it. Maybe they're the proverbial duck or swan with the legs going at 10 to the dozen, and they're gliding on top of the water. So it may well be that that person is actually producing quite a lot of stress hormone, and that's why you're starting to feel the stress of the situation as well, even if you're not involved, and if you are involved, that compounds it even more. It could also be maybe that person really is as cool as a cucumber, and they really are completely unbothered and non-stressed, and you're getting stressed about it, whether that involves you or not. And this may be because you've been triggered, because you can observe that situation. And again, that situation may be riding, it may be at home, it may be in your work. You observe a certain situation and you know that if you were plunged into that situation, it might make you feel uneasy. But you're not in that situation, you're an observer. And curiously enough, you've been triggered. And there is that empathy with the situation, but that's a different mechanism. That's not picking up on somebody else's cortisol if nobody is particularly stressed by it. If it's you that's stressed by it, it's probably your normal stress response, imagining that you're in that situation. So it's sometimes called vicarious stress, and it doesn't necessarily come from somebody else's cortisol levels. So what about specifically riding situations. Let's say you are going out to a competition with a group of friends or maybe one friend and you're okay. Your mindset is okay. You, you can do this. You know, you're not hyper, hyper confident or overly confident or you've got, you haven't got any kind of swagger going on, but you're just feeling pretty neutral. You know that you could tip the balance one way or another fairly easily and you suddenly find that you're in a situation where your other friends are starting to get stressed. So some people in that situation will join in the stress, obviously, 
And that's quite detrimental, isn't it? So what can we do? Well, if you don't mind walking away from your friends and saying to them, you know, sorry, but I'm picking up on all that cortisol that your body's kicking out, then that's one solution. But it's maybe not the best solution in terms of being sociable and helpful to your friends. But maybe there's some kind of mindset technique that you know of that you can do, whether that's a breathing technique. And don't simply breathe, have something in mind, something structured. So it might be a four, seven, eight breathing. So breathe in for four and hold for seven and then out for eight. You know, have something in mind. Don't just think, right, right, I'm going to breathe because although that will work, it won't work that well. Or maybe there's some other mindset technique that you know. Another favorite one of mine is to start to notice things around you. It's a little bit like I spy. So you're thinking of three things that you can feel or touch. Might just be the seat underneath you, might be your hands touching one another, might be your legs touching one another, your feet on the floor. Three things that you can see and three things that you can hear. And hear might be your own voice. And we've talked before about how to change that inner voice if it's been very negative with things like stop. So it might be you hear the word stop. So it is possible to reduce that cortisol level, whether it's come initially from yourself or you feel that it's been a group dynamic and you've picked up on it because of what's happening to your friends. It is also very important to be honest with people, I think. If this competition means a lot to you and your friends are making you worse, it's probably time to set up a boundary. And you can say to them very honestly, actually, being in a group is making me feel nervous. So I'm just going to go off for a little walk on my own, or I'm just going to warm up on my own if that's okay. And I'm not being ignorant, but I really need it for my mental awareness to be really, really tip top. And I think that would be something that would be, you know, very, very accepted by people. But just be aware of the people who do induce that response in you. I think also some people induce the opposite response. Now, this is just anecdotal. I've sometimes found that, you know, if there's been a crisis of some description, suddenly my cortisol sinks and I'm I'm really quite good in a crisis. Touch wood, I don't want any more crises. But, you know, in that moment where somebody falls down or something happens or, I don't know, someone's going into shock for whatever reason, my cortisol seems to drop and I kind of go on autopilot. And you might find that as well, that if you're in a group of people and two or three of them are nervous, that you suddenly take the reins, you take control. And that, I can't find any scientific studies for that. But that obviously is some kind of leadership quality that you, that you just kind of assume that you're going to sort this out because everyone else seems to be incapacitated at that time. So maybe you feel like that as well, which is really interesting. So be really aware of how you respond to other people's stress and 
keep yourself nice and safe and unstressed by just maintaining those boundaries where and when you can. Thanks ever so much for listening. Take care and I'll see you again really soon.